Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. So in, pre- in preparation for today, I was excitedly nervous uh, to, to bring this, uh, bring this uh, sermon to you today, but I pray that God uses this, that he hides me behind the cross and that you hear his words, not mine. Um, and uh, I tell you, I, um, I was humbled. Uh, first off, I wanted to go, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I went back in our, in our, if you didn't know this, all of our sermons are, are on our website. You can go back and, and dig up all kinds of criminating evidence against me for my wife. And, uh, uh, but no, there's all kinds of, all our sermons are there online, um, and you can go back. And I'll, I went back to, to, to listen to my last couple of sermons in preparation for today, and, and I was humbled because I remember going, God, where'd that come from? Because those words weren't in me, and, and God, I'm just humbled that God would use me because I'm a mess. I don't know if you knew this, I'm a mess. Uh, and, but thankfully, God takes my mess and makes a message. And uh, it's, I'm humbled. I, every time that, that I'm asked to, to speak, I go, <laughs> I'm not worthy standing. I'm, I'm not. Now, it's not false humility. I'm not. I'm, I'm humbled to stand before you and share God's word. And I pray that you hear his words and not mine. Um, but um, as we jump in today, I, uh, I have to warn you, I've caffeinated. That helps my ADD. It doesn't help everybody. It helps my ADD, but I'll do my best to slow down, Miss Sue. I'll do my best to, to speak clearly and, um, and do, do, do promise to God's word. But as I prepared for this uh, sermon, I, I was thinking about what, what uh, should I say? And of course, it's easy to look back on Thanksgiving holidays and say, well, we could talk about Thanksgiving, being thankful. Still not out of that season. Also looking forward into the upcoming Christmas season. And I thought, well, that, that, that would preach. And I went back and I, I, I uh, looked at my last sermon and I got a $100 bill. If anybody can tell me what it was about. <laughs> I figured that was safe money. All right, so <clears throat> my, my last sermon... Uh, so my last time I had buckets up here. Oh yeah, I had buckets. I mean, we talked about how uh, how she went above and beyond, right? She 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 watered the camels, and how hard that must have been, and how she went above and beyond. And I challenged you to go above and beyond, not to live a mediocre Christian life, but to to go above and beyond. Say yes, Lord. Now, what's the question? I'm all in. And I want to encourage you that that's the way to live our Christian life. It's not half-heartedly, not checking the boxes, but actually being all in. Now, here's the thing. When you do it, <laughs> my son says he's not doing the camera today because I move around too much. Um, I can't help it. So follow me. Um, joking. Um, so, but uh, here's the problem. When you, when you, uh, Brother Corey can, can attest to this. The funny thing is when you, when you do a sermon, sometimes... God laid something on your heart, and, uh, and, and you feel like sharing it. But the funny thing is, many times, the people that, that, that you think, oh, that, would, you know, that might speak to them, usually goes over their head. And then the people that you think, this is the last person, I hate that they had to listen to this sermon because they got this. And they're the ones soaking it up. All right, let me give you an example. Let's just say that, that uh, um, one, of my, one of my children cleans their room quite well, Andrew. And the other one does not. 
And, uh, and if I sat them both down and said, hey guys, like we really need to work on keeping the house clean. You know, we got company coming over and I know it's easy, things get piled up and maybe we need to, maybe we need to get, you know, get cleaning. The one that cleans goes, yes sir, and goes and like cleans like crazy. And the one that doesn't clean goes, oh, I'll straighten this up, my room's not that bad. <clears throat> right? And that's usually how it goes. And I was thinking about my last sermon and I wondered how many people that, that, that are, are already teaching three classes and two discipleship groups and they're walking out going, yes, sir, we need to do more for the Lord. And, I, and those that, that need to get more involved going, oh, that's a good sermon, and walk out the door, right? So, so that's my, so here's the, I'm going to flip-flop. And that's scary. Because today I'm going to encourage you to take a nap today. Brother Danny said, I need to take a nap. Some of y'all just now start taking notes. What's up with that? But Brother Danny said, I'm going to encourage you to take a nap. I'm going to encourage you to find some margin in your life. We need more margin. Now, I understand, again, just like I just shared that example, those that, that, that now don't, don't give this at least where we can see you, those of you that are married to somebody that, that, that you know, they grow roots on the sofa or in the bed or whatever. You know, that's like, like, shut up, brother Danny. I can't get him to do anything anyway. Um, and then again, this, it kind of flip-flops. But I want, I want to lean in because regardless of which side you, whether you're this overly active person or you're a little more laid back and you kind of need a little prodding, uh, bottom line is we need to be more um, um, careful with our time. We need, we, need to, we need to create some margin in our life. Matter of fact, as I was reading through, I, I'm going to read out of Luke 2. And uh, Devin's like, these aren't the same translation. I said, yeah, because I can't read the Christmas story in, in, in the new stuff. Uh, I, I study out the NIV and I have a, several Bibles. When I get to the Christmas story, it just rolls out in the King James. So this is what we're doing today for a little bit. But Luke 2, 4, it says, And Joseph went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. There was no room for them in the end. And I want you to just pause for a second because we, we roll past that whole passage pretty quick. But you understand that, that they're going to their hometown, right? To where most of the people in their hometown, right, are halls, right? You know, they're, they're fishers. They're stringers. It's like hometown. Right? It was like, this is their clan. And there may be a few branches in that clan, but this is family. And then they went home to their hometown, and, and as they walked down the streets, her very pregnant, right? I heard that term, very pregnant. I'm not sure what the difference was. But, you know, but she's very pregnant, eight and a half months plus month. She's walking, you know, she's hurting. And that she, he's walked into his hometown, and nobody has room in their house. There's not an aunt. There's not an uncle that's saying, hey, sure, you know, I mean, it's, we're kind of packed tight, but we have a sofa you can hang out on. Or a little piece of ground with a mat. But of course, there was scandal in the air. That, that, that this young lady said, we, 
we've not done things to get pregnant, and yet I'm pregnant. So either he's an idiot or I'm a liar. Right? So there's scandal in the air. So there was, there was shut the door quick before they ask. There was awkwardness throughout the city. I want, I want, I want to invite you into the, the people in, that we know in this story. We have, we have, right, Herod, we have the one in charge. And he's angry because we have, right, we have a potential of someone to take his crown away. And he's going to kill innocent children. We have someone that's very angry in the story. We have those that are invited into the story. We have the shepherds that were minding their own business. And the, and the angels came and said, you, in, in, in this city, right? Come see. They were invited. We have, we have men that have been prepared. The wise men probably traveled for months. They actually brought gifts. They were the only people that showed up with a gift to the party. They came prepared. Then we have those that were unaccommodating. Those that said, you know what? Not on my watch. This is sticky. If I let you in my house, people will go, uh, you let them stay. I can't believe you let them stay. Didn't you see what was going on? Well, there was those that said, not, not on my watch. They were unaccommodating. And then there were others in the room that just were unaware. There were people in the city that didn't see the young lady, didn't see the young man. They were just unaware. Now today, I, I'm going to take you off the table for the unaware. Because... You're in church. You've heard the stories. But, but we, are, we are more, a, a, we have a decision whether we are prepared or unaccommodating. It's really only two choices that we have today. And you say, well, Brother, I'm, uh, Brother Dan, I'm willing. I'm willing. And that's, that's good. That's a good start. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. This is a story that Jesus gives. This is kind of my main passage this morning. But as we enter into Christmas this season, I want to ask you, have you made room for Jesus in your household? Have you made room for Jesus in your heart? Have you made room for him in your budget? Ouch, now you've gone to meddling, Brother Danny, back up. Have you made room for him? As we look at, at uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, Luke 10, 10 25, I want to read this to you. It says, uh, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to in inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and I want you to underline that, do this, and you will live. But, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? He repli he, uh, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured out oil and wine on him, then put the man on his donkey 
brought him to an inn and took care of him there. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. The one that had mercy on him. Now I want to pause there for a moment because the, most of the time we read this passage and we go, oh, I should be a good Samaritan. Pretty easy takeaway, right? Jesus is talking to someone. First off, he says, what must I do? And he goes, and let me tell you a story. About a man named Jed. No, let me tell you a story. And he, 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 he tells this parable. Of course, we have the priest we have the priest, right, and the Levite as they pass by him on the other side. And we all kind of frown and go, what? what's up with that? Now, I have to give him a little bit of credit. We, we don't know what was going on in their life. I don't want to take too much, too much with this, but we, we know that, that all of a sudden the crowd goes, oh, that's not good. But in that era, he's beaten, he's dying, he's struggling. To get blood on your hands, for, sorry, Billy, to, to, get, to get hurt, to deal with someone would make you unclean. And you wouldn't be able to go to church and offer sacrifice. You would hurt. You would hurt your, your ability to do some things. Give him a little slack there. Maybe he was, maybe he was heading somewhere to visit somebody in the hospital. Maybe, maybe they had something really good going on in church and he couldn't be late. He was already running late. We don't know. But we know this, that two... Two people had no margin. Hmm. Two people were too busy. They not created margin. And that's our takeaway today because we live spent. You spend money, guess what? You spend your life. And you spend time. Here's a side note. Your life is time. That's what we talk about, end of life. How much time do I have left, Doc? I want to spend it wisely. But we have, all of us in here, I want to say, we all got 24-7. Nobody got any more, nobody got any less. That's how much you got. Make good use of that time. And many times we miss those opportunities. The opportunities that present themselves in the moment with our children. There's a moment to teach grace or mercy or integrity. And many times we're, we're too busy. We're too busy uh, checking boxes and moving on to the next one. We have no margin. I want you to think about the areas that we, that we typically have or, 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 or don't have margin. For me, it's time. I have great intentions. And I plan, 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 plan. I got a year's calendar and it just seems to grow. And, and a lot of times I find myself running late to a meeting because I didn't plan my time. It's like, I didn't waste anything. I just tried to cram too much into it. And my sister one time saw me. I was, we got to serve together in a church, and she pulled me aside. She said, brother, I love you. I said, well, thank you. She said, you know, if you don't say no every now and then, your yeses don't mean as much. Ouch. That'll preach. That was for me. Maybe that was for you. We need margin in our life. 
The good Samaritan had margin. He took time. He saw the need and he stopped his day. He said, Doop, blow the whistle. I'm going to help this guy. He took time out of, his, out of his schedule. So we know that he was going somewhere. He was on the road going somewhere. And we know he's coming back because he said, when I get back, I'll pay you, right? But he had margin. He didn't leave last minute. Husbands don't look. He didn't wait for somebody to hop on the door. Get, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. He walked through Kroger. No, no, you go ahead. It's all good. You can get that for you. How many of the time you went to Kroger like that? Usually, I got my list, but head down. Don't see anybody, don't talk to anybody. I got to get out of there because I got somewhere else to be. I remember the last time I was walking to Kroger, and I was like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. You need that? And I, I helped people pull off of a car. I just had a good old time. I thought, man, I love this. Margin. He had a little margin in his time. He didn't leave last minute. My dad got on to me. Some of y'all, my, my dad, he drove an hour and a half to work every day. He gave himself two hours and 15 minutes to get to work. He got to work 45 minutes early every day. Worked a 12-hour shift. And then we're going, Dad. Now, I was the kid that said, I got to be in class at 8 o'clock in the morning. So what I do? Come on, students. Yeah, 7.56. <laughs> we're in a small town like Science Hill. Like, I don't have to get to Dairy Mart to Speedy Taco. I, like, I had a short trip, so I'd roll out of bed, and I, and I carried my first period books with me so I wouldn't even have to stop by my locker. I had it down to an arc. Woo, rolling into that parking lot, two wheels. Same, I'd run into it. I would just slide in my desk just in time. I'm here. I had 45 minutes early. I said, Dad, why are you, why are you getting there for You got to be there 12 hours. You got an hour and a half drive as it is. Why are you getting there that early? He said, well, son, if I have a flat tire, I need time to change it. And I was like, can't you call them? He goes, I can, but I'm not. I'm a man. We work. We provide. We plan ahead. We don't live on little to no margin. Ouch. That'll preach. That's me. That's some of us in this room. We've not created margin. I was apologizing today. Terry came through. We had some new people at our at our. Uh, meal last Sunday night and I was like hey good to see you we're so glad you're here I did my best to encourage them and I was out the door to deliver now it was good stuff I'm delivering to shut ins food that's a very sweet gesture I had not created enough margin to have that done and then get back in time to actually sit down and find out their names and to really connect with them it's margin do we have the margin in our life and not only did he have Time margin. He had resources margin. Some of us would like to be more generous in church. Or maybe just in general. A guy in my last church, it tickled me. He was one of the most generous guys I knew. He just, man, was he made to go to camp. He was always, right? He was all, he's just amazing. I go, wow, this guy. And then I, I drove by and he lived in this simple little house. He had margin. And one day he said, you want, why don't we catch lunch today? I said, sure. And we pulled up to Wendy's. He pulled out three coupons. 
He created margin so that he could be generous. He made a plan. Because see, we can say all we want that we want to love others. We want to be the Good Samaritan, but do we plan that margin? Because otherwise, we're hitting and running. We're giving excuses. And let's be honest, life happens. Sometimes things just happen that we can't control. All right? But do we plan? Do we plan? Not only did he have, listen, not only did he have margin in his time, and margin in his budget, right? Because he said, here's two denarii, and if he needs more, I'll be coming back through. Right? He had margin there. Not only did he have margin in time and in money, he had margin in his pride. Do you understand what it took? The importance that Jesus would even mention his nationality is important. He didn't say, three guys walking to a bar. No, he didn't, he didn't just start a story. He mentioned their nationality. It's important. And you know the Samaritan had to look at this guy and go, yeah, he probably wouldn't stop for me. I'm a Samaritan. I'm unclean. Why would anyone look with pity on me? He had to check his pride at the door and go, this guy probably wouldn't help me for nothing. Doesn't matter. He had margin psychologically and spiritually going, you know what? Whether he ever says thank you, whether he done it for me or not, it doesn't matter. I'm right with God. I'm going to do it anyway. Many of us are running thin on our margin. And before you peg me for this is a morality sermon, it's not just about being good for goodness sake. That's Santa Claus. There's a bigger picture at this. When I was a young man, I, um, um, I remember having uh, a little bitty one in one room and an infant, an infant uh, in the crib. I'll let you figure out which one's which. And, and I, I remember the doctor is saying the C word. So, so Mr. Rowland, you've got melanoma. It's the most aggressive skin cancer there is. It'll most likely move to your brain if it moves, not if it when. We're going to try to do our best. We're going to take care of it. And I remember, I remember sitting in my office, and I was just like, I don't want somebody else to raise my babies. I love my boys. And I just remember having a kind of a, a pity party there for a moment. And I was like, God, I, I want them to know who I am and who you are and how important you are to me. And, and I thought, how can I tell them? They'll never remember that. Right? The, the oldest one's four. Who remembers anything before four? Maybe a memory or two in the infant. I felt like God kind of gave me this nudge. He gave me this idea. And I started it. I wish I had completed it. But I started making notes. And I would take post-it notes. And by my, by my nightstand, there was a stack of post-it notes this big. That I had, throughout the years, I would just write something down. Because God gave me this picture. He said, Daniel, I want you to, to write down post-it notes of things you have done or, or do on a regular basis or whatever that show me you love me. And I started writing down, down things like buy someone lunch today, visit someone in the hospital, go to the funeral home today and, and hug someone who's lost a loved one. And I just started writing these things down. And then God, and he would give me like a passage. Oh, that's good. I put that passage, little note there. And I started writing all these little notes and they had little things to do. Little things to do in a passage. Post-it note. 
And then I want you to take them and I want you to put them on a mirror, just a little mirror, and just cover it with post-it notes. And have your wife someday say, if you're gone, say, if you want to know your dad, then go in there, look at, the, look at, look at that frame and start pull one off and do it. And then pull another one off and do it. Pull another one off and do it. And then you'll catch your daddy's heart. And even bigger, you'll catch your father's heart in the process. And when it all gets said and done, look in the mirror and you'll see your dad. You'll see a picture. Even more beautiful than me, because bless her heart, they look like me. Sorry, guys. But I wanted them to catch my heart. Not because I'm a good person, but because I caught my Heavenly Father's heart. And I wanted them to go, wow, my dad loved people. My dad loved God. That's a legacy. And I feel like Jesus is doing the same thing here. Jesus is, has given us a whole stack of post-it notes. And it's not about morality. It's not about morality. It's about, I want to catch your heart. Just like he told the, the rich young ruler, Come hang out with me. Spend time with me. You'll catch my heart. You'll see what's important to me. You'll see if he had, if he had walked away from his riches and followed Jesus, he would have seen that woman that they threw at his feet and, and he said, he without the first sin cast the first stone. He'd seen the 5,000 fed. He'd seen the leopard healed. He not, wouldn't have just seen miracles and, and a show. He would have caught his heart. And that's what he's asking us to do today. It's to catch his heart. Because the big picture is God created margin. He's built a bridge to our heart. It cost him time. It's cost him eternity. It cost him his resources, his one and only son. It cost him his pride, grace, mercy even as we shouted, crucify him on the cross. He set that aside. He built a bridge to him. His name is Jesus. And he's asking us today, catch my heart. Catch who I really am. And if you don't know Jesus today, I want to encourage you that you have a heavenly father who loves you. He gives you a big old stack of notes. And he's screaming to, as much as he can, I love you. Come to know me. I want to give you life. But I want to give it more abundantly. Learn my ways. I'll teach you margin. I'll teach you how to love others. I'll give you hope and joy and peace beyond compare. And if you're here today and you know him, maybe so. I, I want to do better, but let's, let's push past that, y'all. How? How are we going to create margin in our life? It comes with a plan. It comes with going to God and say, God, I don't want to just say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And God, uh, I want to do what you want to do. No, no. It's stopping for a moment and say, God, I want to be more generous. I want to compel others by my grace and mercy because you've given me grace. I want to love people so much that they go, I don't get you. You go, Oh, no, you shouldn't because I don't make sense. Because 
I love others because God loved me. Let me tell you about the man inside of me. Because more important than my sons remember me, I pray they remember God, their Heavenly Father. He's the only thing good in me. I'm a mess. I said that from the beginning. I still say that. I'm a mess. I look at myself and go, oh my goodness. I should be so past this sin. I should be so past this. And I'm like, God, why in the world? And he's like, uh, you just keep pointing them to me. Keep pointing them to me. Don't follow me. Follow him. Follow him. And it's not about morality. It's about catching his heart. Do you have margin in your life? Is there something today that you, you need to sit down with your spouse today and go, we need to stop. We need to start. Help me. Help me. I got here early today. And it felt wonderful. I'm like, why am I here early every Sunday? I try to get here fairly early. Set my clock back a little longer. You know what? I really didn't miss that extra 20 minutes. It was priceless to sit here and pray for y'all. It was priceless to, to be able to talk to people and to connect with people. But we live on such small margins. Our time is spent. Our finances are spent. Our emotions are spent. How wonderful would it be for us to be surrogate grandmothers like my mother? That when someone, you can, someone's, how are you today? I'm doing fine. No, you're not. Sit right here. What's really going on? And really get the story of a broken heart. To have the margin to connect and to love someone with their T-I-M-E. And then share the love of a father who loves you and me more than anything in the whole wide world. And bridge that gap. Today can be that day. As the musicians come, we're going to have a moment of invitation. I want to encourage you. We don't do this a lot here. The altars are open. We don't really, we don't really have a lot of altar time. And I, I'm not going to beg you. That's just not, so don't, this is not me. I told somebody other day, I said, it's not my job. It's not your job to convict people. That's the Holy Spirit, right? My job is to encourage you. But sometimes, coming down and praying it's just a small step of, of, of commitment between you and God. Just nudge, nudge. It's like, God, I know I can make a commitment sitting right there. But I want to step out. I want to step out and I want to, I want to stand before you and others. And I don't have to say, you don't have to say anything or anything just between you and God. Maybe your spouse or somebody go, hey, so what's going on? Well, God convicted me. And I need to work on this. I need you to pray for me because this is not going to be easy. I've said a lot of things in, in process. I've got a lot of bad habits I need to work through. And I need to create some margin. Would you help me? Would you pray for me? Sure. Sometimes it's just that one little step. It's a little nudge. And I'm going to hand the, the service off to Brother Corey. He's going to come here. We're going to have an invitation. I'm going to stand right over there. And I'm going to stand over there because I like being over there. Because I like being next to Miss Brenda. She's precious. Now I'm, I'm over there for you. I'd love to pray with you. Pray with you, whatever's burdening your heart. Take a little T I M E. Express my L O V E. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Father, you've convicted me. If anyone else here didn't phase them, Father, you've convicted me to create a little margin in my life. Father, forgive me for being too busy, too spent, 
to see needs. Father, help me lean into You. Father, help me put down the electronics. Help me put down the hobbies. The things that, they're not bad things, but they, they drain me of resources that You want to use my attention. Father, I pray for that person here today that's never thought about a Heavenly Father that wants to sit in their presence and say, tell me more. I love your stories. I love your heart. You are made. You are precious. Father, I pray that you draw them to, them to you this morning. Give them the courage to step out and take the first step to eternity. Father, thank you for this time and this time. I love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.